0: Christmas is over, the feast has been eaten, the leftovers even have been eaten, and in my view the leftovers are always the best bit, the presents have been unwrapped, A few of them have been returned already, and we're starting to look forward to the new year, 2024. I'm really looking forward to the new year because I have to tell you, we have got some extraordinary guests lined up for Rosebud this year. Anyway, I I thought it'd be fun to have a little mini edition of Rosebud to get us into the new year with a few new year thoughts from some of our famous Rosebud celebrity guests that we've had in recent weeks. We're back with our usual full length Rosebud next week on January the 5th. And I have to say, among the fantastic guests lined up for you in 2024, we've got Sir Michael Palin, David Mitchell, Rob Bryden, one of my favorite crime writers, Val McDermott, and certainly my favorite Spice Girl, Jerry Halliwell Horner. I love Jerry. Anyway, in the meantime, from me, it's Happy New Year. I always see the New Year in, even as I get older. I'm not quite sure why I'm staying up so late, but uh, I look at the fireworks. I live in London, so in fact from upstairs I can actually see the fireworks across London, which is fantastic. But New Year's Eve was special to me, more special when I was a boy, because my my parents loved New Year's Eve. My my mother, there was somebody called Andy Stewart who had a television programme on New Year's Eve, when there was first footing going on and Scottish dancing, country dancing was done and she loved all that. And in fact, one year, I remember we went to Glasgow to do a proper Hogmanay in scotland where they really take it seriously but the mistake we made because the whole family had to go we drove up there it's a long way from earl's court where we lived all the way to glasgow particularly when my mother was doing the map reading them were satnavs sat navs in those days and we had to stop every once in a while to refuel the volkswagen in fact we had to stop almost everywhere and there weren't motorways like that are now anyway it took a long time it may have taken us two or three days to get up there but we got there on new year's eve with the cat of course because we had to go as a family griggs the cat and the horror of this story is that as we stopped in glasgow and we thought we're in good time we're about six o'clock six hours to go until midnight and the new year we're going to get to a wonderful party we're going to see the new year in in scotland with real scottish dancing real highland pipers it's going to be fantastic and as We opened the door of the car. Griggs, the cat, jumped out. It was six o'clock in Glasgow. It's dark. It's very dark. And inevitably, it's raining. No snow, but a lot of rain. Griggs disappeared. And we spent seven hours, not six, searching the streets of Glasgow for our cat. We missed Hogmanay. We didn't hear any Scottish dancing. We didn't see any pipers. We didn't hear any wonderful music. New Year's Eve passed us by. And at about one in the morning, we all came back to the Volkswagen in despair that we'd not celebrated New Year's Eve and we'd lost our cat until we got to the car where sitting on top of the bonnet was Griggs waiting for our return. We had a happy new year. And I hope you have a Happy New Year and that you enjoy some of these New Year thoughts and recollections from our Rosebud family. It's Lorraine Kelly saying Happy New Year. And New Year. Do you have, did you have New Year? Well, Scotland is the home of the New Year. Yeah, we, Why is that? What is the origin of that? Do you know?
1: I don't know. I think it's because Christmas wasn't such a big deal in Scotland. Oh. It was New Year. I mean, even when I was little, Christmas wasn't... Christmas Day was a holiday, but that was it. And New Year was the focus. And when I was younger, it was a big deal because people didn't really... Well, they couldn't really afford to drink during the rest of the year so you would have your bottle and go round the neighbours and then I always remember at Christmas because my family were great singers and raconteurs and show-offs and I always remember sort of sitting you know listening to my aunts my uncles my granny my granda all singing everybody had to do a turn and it was fantastic and being able to stay up for the bells oh that was a big deal and my poor mum cleaning 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 on you know for new year because everything had to be pristine you know, and, and hoping that my dad was in great demand as a first foot because he was dark and handsome. He wasn't that tall, but he was the dark The first and footer is the
0: person who's the first person who steps over your...
1: Exactly, and they should have a present with them. They should have coal for heat, and they should also have a big bottle of whiskey just for joy.
0: Thank you. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, that's what I want, a little bit of joy in my life. And you could be my first footer.
1: Thank you, but I'm very small. Oh, you're I, supposed to be tall, dark and handsome. Well,
0: you're, you're petite and perfect. <laughs>
1: Likewise, right back at you.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: Happy New Year,
0: Annika. Was there a New Year ritual? Did you stay up for New Year's Eve? I've
1: always
0: um I've always found New Year quite sad. I found it very sad. I've I felt that all through my childhood because my parents were often very unhappy at New Year's Eve.
1: So there was just a, a <laughs> They
0: were thinking, Another year together. Oh Can't we face it? They
1: were. You know, so I I don't like New Year's Eve at all. I don't like it at all. In fact, um, my husband and I, our our dream New Year was to literally just make supper and go to bed at about nine, you know, and just not do it.
0: And, And I'm still a bit ambivalent about it. So, Annika Rice is not a fan of New Year. And I think there are probably quite a few people who like to go to bed early on New Year's Eve. You might even be one of them. Perhaps you're curled up with rosebud right now. Let's see
2: if Joe Wicks is more of a party animal. I'll never forget New Year's Eve 2000 the millennium everyone's like it's the end of the world and Y2K and everything's going to wipe off your phone and your laptop and you don't yeah. remember it's was going to be a meltdown and that was the first night I drank so I was 15 years old and I went to a house party um, on, the, on, the, you know, on the estate where I lived and I had some WKD and Smirnoff Ice and I never figured I came home and I was, the room was spinning like this and I was spinning a, and I was, um, I was sick and I said I'm never going to drink again and I didn't drink until I was 19 but I really didn't enjoy it, uh, I enjoy drinking, but that was my first experience of kind of alcohol, is it? Do you drink now? I drink like, I love a gin and tonic, you know, I've got a few gins, I like collecting a few gins, but more for a flavour thing and I have one with a dinner, you know, a little gin and tonic with a dinner if I'm out, but I'm not a booze I'm not a big boozer.
0: Are you making any new year resolutions for twenty twenty-four? My new year resolution is always the same, summed up in three words. Don't dabble, focus. It's the only way to get anything done. Concentrate on what you're doing. Don't try and do 101 things at once. So, those are my New Year resolutions. I wonder what Joe's New Year resolutions are. He could be
2: the positive role model we've all been looking for. And do you make New Year resolutions? Um, I don't really make New Year resolutions, but I make, I set goals. Like it might be a fitness goal, or I'm going to do a you know i'm going to sign up for a half marathon or a triathlon or something something like that needs me to work towards it because i don't think sometimes if it's like a diet related one or it's a weight loss thing it's not a big enough motivator you know we all know we set those goals and then you fall off the wagon two weeks later so i think setting fitness and wellness goals are more important than like a weight loss or body image goal maybe this
0: is what i need
2: a goal to achieve i know what you can do an iron man an iron man what's that you got to swim like Two miles oh lord r- cycle a 100 miles and then run a marathon at the end of it <laughs> and you'll be an official Ironman. you can get the iron man to it on your calf is there a sort of smaller version like the tin Tac man there's one you should, drawing pin man there's a nice one called um the richmond park duathlon in richmond park right near not far near, where near where near, i live yes where they do run cycle run so you sort of you know run two kilometers what cycle a lap and then you run two kilometers so nice sort of gentle introduction and will they
0: of, take my tricycle for the cycling bit, because I have a tricycle.
2: Oh, really? One of those I with got, the two, with the basket on the back and all that. Yeah,
0: I got that during lockdown. I thought I it'd think be they good would. because I was frightened of falling off the bicycle, and I thought this will balance me. The extra wheels. Yeah, I so, think
2: they're I think they're great. I love the ones where you get the kid on the front. You know, you get the little the, the basket at the front, and you've yeah. got like three kids in the front. But yeah, I'm going to take you on. And if you need look, if you need a training partner, I'll be there. And when you're running around that park, you'll you'll see all kinds of people there, and you'll see there's different. Age groups. Then there's a, an Olympic athlete will come past on his bike, and it's an amazing place to be. It's my favourite favourite park in the world. You know, I don't I want to be overtaken
0: park. by the Olympic athlete. I want to be the one going past the Olympic athlete and just waving as I cruise by.
2: Well, you better get a Triumph um, Triumph Scrambler than a, or a Thruxton because you're not going. You're not going to beat them. You need an engine on your one. Oh well, maybe that's the answer.
0: That's it for us until the fifth of January, twenty twenty-four. So now it's time for me and the Rosebud team. I say the Rosebud team. Well, we have someone who's composed the music, someone who's done the artwork. But really, it's just me and my producer, Harriet Jane. We'd like to wish you all a very happy new year. Thank you for being with us in 2023. We promise you lots of treats and surprises in 2024. And we'll hope to see you for a new edition of Rosebud on the 5th of January. We'll be with you throughout the year, with more fascinating first memories from memorable people. I'm going to leave you with a sneak preview of next week's episode with the Monty Python star, a writer, a broadcaster, truly a national treasure, Sir Michael Palin. Enjoy this and see you next week on Rosebud. What's the thing you're most proud of? Of your working life? Working life? Hmm... The one when when the time comes, in the opening paragraph of the I'm going to be a bit, you
3: know, you'll think me a bit flippant, but one is the fish slapping dance, which was Monty Python. And I know that to be a little... A little sort of minute and a half which makes almost everybody laugh I mean if you want to uh, mm. even in even in North Korea We played <laughs> one of our guides and she thought it was just hilarious to see John and I doing a little dance I slap Pilchard on his <laughs> cheeks. and He now uh, hits me with a large pike and I fall into the water the only reason it's really uh, Unstoppably funny is that when we were doing it by canal. Um, I've been telling you to unlock when it came to the actual moment of the take, I realised that the water had drained out of the lock. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just falling into water. I was falling 15 feet into water. And rather than say, no, perhaps shall we wait, I just went for it. And it's a terrific fall. I'm very, very proud of it. You know, I went absolutely headlong. With the, I had the pith helmet, <laughs> little shorts, heavy boots on. And I went into the water and sort of disappeared. And, and, and I remember rather frightened at the time because my boots were very heavy. And everyone, everyone around was roaring with laughter, and suddenly someone said, "Oh, Penny, where are you? Are you Michael? are You all right?" But that—that's that, that I'm very proud of. Oddly enough, other things, I, I suppose. Um, I, I think some of the some of the travelling, particularly um, the the series in Himalaya, we went to Pakistan. Against the wishes of the British government, they said, you know, there was a travel advisory against going to Pakistan. And that very first episode up on the northwest frontier um, and right through to the border with India, I think was something uh, that was was exceptionally good, I think, partly because there was so much to see, but also this undercurrent of of tension in in Pakistan, the border areas, um, fighting trouble, armed guards everywhere and all that. So you're happy with the way you've used your life? Oh yes. I, th- I think I think re- I really am. Yeah. I- I'm I'm very I'm very happy. And I'm grateful. very lucky and grateful by the sound of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I- I absolutely. I mean, I'd love to play the trombone and you know, sing with a rock band or something like that. I've never done that. Well, there's time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. We've got to do something. Okay, Charles. If wait, you play bass, I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll do rhythm guitar. I'm afraid
0: I shall be on that bench that your teacher sent. <laughs> the non-singers, the non-players. Oh,
3: we'll be just play instruments. We won't sing. We, we won't
0: sing. Rosebud is produced by Harriet Jane, artwork by Freya Betts, and music by Phil Leppard. This is me, Charles Brandreth, saying I hope you'll join me again soon.